0: You are Locked On Bills. Your daily Buffalo Bills podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. What's up Bills Mafia? It's Joe Marino from the Draft Network and I am your host of Locked On Bills. Happy Wednesday to you. On today's podcast, we are going to reflect on the initial 53-man roster that the Buffalo Bills put together for the 2021 season. And let's keep in mind that it's a fluid roster. It will look differently today on Wednesday than it did after the Bills announced all of their cuts. There are additional moves that are coming that will change the roster as we know it as of this moment. We know that for a fact because Reed Ferguson was among The players that was cut, and we'll get into that in just a moment, but just rest assured that this is not the final 53-man roster. It's pretty close, but it's going to change week to week as different things happen, right? Players get injured. You sign someone from the practice squad. You add a new player to your practice squad. There's all kinds of different moves that are going to happen throughout the course of the season, so while it is the initial 53, it's not the Final 53, because there is no Final 53. It changes throughout the course of the season. And so we're going to work through this new roster, talk about the players that made the team, the players they let go, and then at the very end, there's a stadium update based on some new information, courtesy of the Associated Press and John Walro. So let's start with quarterbacks. The Bills are keeping two quarterbacks, Josh Allen, Mitch Trubisky, and They cut Jake Fromm and Davis Webb. Now, we'll see what happens with waivers, but what's interesting to me is if both clear waivers, both Jake Fromm and Davis Webb clear waivers, and do the Bills decide to keep both on the practice squad or just one on the practice squad? And if it is only one, which one is it going to be? Now, a big part of what a practice squad quarterback does is get Josh Allen ready to play football games. That's a big part of that job title, and they do have to do some scout team things, but a big part of what they do is helping Josh Allen get ready to play, and with that in mind, I think it probably gives Davis Webb the upper hand. Now, Jake Fromm may have more appeal as your potential long-term backup that you'll sign to a futures deal after the season and have back in the mix to be the number two behind Josh Allen in 2022. But we'll see how it all shakes out and who the Bills ultimately have on their practice squad at quarterback. At running back, the Bills are initially keeping five. Matt Breda, Tywan Jones, Zach Moss, Devin Singletary, and Reggie Gilliam as a fullback. They cut Antonio Williams. Of course, they already cut Kareth White. And Christian Wade goes on the injured reserve list, and his season is over. And so I don't think there's any surprises here. It's the exact running backs and fullback that we expected the team to keep. I guess it is somewhat of an item to mention that Reggie Gilliam did, in fact, make the team. And he's a versatile player that will help the Bills offensively in a variety of ways, as well as on special teams. And so it's cool to see him stick around and see him really earn this. I think that was something that became clear in the preseason is that Reggie Gilliam did enough in games to show value and convince the staff to keep him around. At wide receiver, the Bills kept seven. Cole Beasley, Gabriel Davis, Stefan Diggs, Jake Kumaro, Isaiah McKenzie, Emmanuel Sanders, and Marquez Stevenson. Cut are Tanner Gentry, Brandon Powell, Steven Sims, and Isaiah Hodgins. So we had talked about whether or not the Bills would actually do it, if they would actually keep seven wide receivers as opposed to the six that they normally keep. And as of now, they have kept seven wide receivers. Now, when you look at Marquez Stevenson and Isaiah McKenzie, both players that are injured, we don't know the severity of the injury, but when you consider the fact that they cut Jacob Hollister and they cut Reed Ferguson, those are players that I have some level of expectation, especially with Reed Ferguson, that they're going to be back on their roster on Wednesday, and the reason that they were cut is exactly what we talked about, that roster gymnastic thing that Brandon Bean has done on a yearly basis last year with Dean Marlowe and Andre Roberts. They cut those players, tell them to hang out in the parking lot, we'll give you a little extra signing bonus, and because you're a vested veteran, we can cut you, not expose you to waivers put a different player on injured reserve and bring you back to the active roster. The reason that becomes complicated is because if you put a player on injured reserve before the cut deadline, they're out for the season. If you put them on injured reserve after the cut deadline, they only have to miss three games. And so it allows you a lot more flexibility with those players. And so I anticipate between Reed Ferguson and Jacob Hollister being cut, that it opens the opportunity for another player to get put on injured reserve. And that could be Marquez Stevenson. That could be Isaiah McKenzie. That could be Tommy Sweeney. That could be one of the corners. I mean, there's a lot of different options here, but I'm expecting something like that happening on Wednesday. So seven receivers for now. And, um, We'll see what happens with Stevenson and McKenzie. Hopefully nothing, right? Hopefully they're both healthy and there's no concerns with their availability for week one. At tight end, the Bills are keeping two for now. Dawson Knox and Tommy Sweeney. They cut Nate Becker, Quentin Morris, and Jacob Hollister. Now, Jacob Hollister very well could be one of those vested veterans that is cut today and back tomorrow. That was my initial thought when that cut was announced. Well, Sal Capaccio of WGR 550, who's extremely plugged in with the team, he did not confirm that that was the plan with Hollister. He did say that was the plan with Reed Ferguson, but he could not confirm nor deny that that was the plan with Jacob Hollister. I would consider myself surprised if Hollister isn't brought back and the Bills roll with Dawson Knox and Tommy Sweeney as the tight ends, of course, knowing that you also have Reggie Gilliam in a pinch. In fact, I think Tommy Sweeney is one of those candidates that could be put on injured reserve. So stay tuned here with this tight end situation. I think that there's more information to come, and I again, I'd be surprised if Hollister was just flat-out cut and not brought back, but we will see. At offensive tackle, they're keeping four. Spencer Brown, Tommy Doyle, Deion Dawkins, and Daryl Williams. They cut Bobby Hart, so that's your offensive tackle room, and Nothing happened here that surprised me in any way. Along the interior offensive line, the Bills are keeping five for a total of nine offensive linemen. Ryan Bates, Ike Bakker, John Feliciano, Cody Ford, and Mitch Morse. They cut Jordan Devy, Jamil Douglas, and Jack Anderson. Jack Anderson, of course, being a draft pick, and he's one of two Bills 2021 draft picks that were cut. And so... The days of you being a draft pick, and that means you make the team, are behind us, and this is a deep, talented roster that is tough to make, and hopefully the Bills can get Jack Anderson back on the practice squad, but um, you can see why Brandon Bean did what he did last year in terms of trading back and picking up some extra late day three picks because UDFAs aren't going to want to sign with the Bills. If they're cutting their draft picks, right, they're going to cut Jack Anderson, they cut Rashad Wildgoose, a 6th and a 7th round pick, UDFAs aren't going to want to come to Buffalo. And so I think you can get used to the Bills drafting players obviously on day 3 and it not being a guarantee that they make the team. But maybe they will intentionally stockpile some late round picks to give them a chance at guys that they're not going to get As undrafted free agents. And we've already seen the Bills stockpile a couple of day three picks for the coming draft in the Lee Smith trade with the Atlanta Falcons and the Bam Johnson trade with the Carolina Panthers. It's that time of year again, and all eyes are now turning to football as teams are back on the gridiron to start the season. As always, bet online is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. Get all the updated odds, props, and contests, including online's biggest half-million-dollar NFL Mega Contest and the world's largest $200,000 NFL Survivor Contest, both open now at BetOnline. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 100% welcome bonus when you use our promo code LOCKEDON. And be sure to take advantage of their opening day super promo where you can make a bet on the Thursday, September 9th season opener between the Super Bowl champion Buccaneers and the Dallas Cowboys. And if you lose, your wager will be refunded up to $25 if you're a new customer and you use that promo code NFL100 when executing that bet. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports, from football, basketball, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait and take advantage of all the great offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online your online sportsbook experts. All right, let's examine the defensive side of the football and see how things shook out. At defensive tackle, they're keeping five. Vernon Butler, Starla Tulale, Ed Oliver, Harrison Phillips, and Justin Zimmer. They cut Brandon Bryant, and Trayvon Hester went to injured reserve, ending his season. And so the interesting part about this is I think Harrison Phillips is definitely a candidate to go on injured reserve. He's got that knee injury and he would have to sit out three weeks. And if he's not going to be able to be healthy to play early in the season, that makes a lot of sense. And so when we talk about who could be placed on injured reserve to bring back Hollister or to bring back Ferguson, Harrison Phillips is definitely one of those leading candidates at defensive end. The bills are keeping six of those and, This is exactly what we expected following the Bam Johnson trade. They're keeping Mario Addison, Boogie Basham, A.J. Epinesa, Jerry Hughes, F.A. Obata, and Greg Rousseau. The only cut being Mike Love. And poor Mike Love. I mean, the guy didn't even get a chance to play much in the preseason because they were trying to get some reps in for obviously Johnson and Rousseau and Obata and Basham and all these young players. Love really didn't get a chance to play much in preseason. I think they'll love to have him back on the practice squad, no pun intended, and he can continue to be part of the mix, but from the practice squad. At linebacker, this is one of the interesting spots. They're keeping six. Tyrell Dotson, Tremaine Edmonds, A.J. Klein, Tyler Medicavich, Matt Milano, and Andre Smith. They cut Markel Lee, Tyrell Adams, and Joe Giles Harris. And so what's interesting here is, I thought they would either keep five linebackers and six corners or six corners and five linebackers. They chose to go with the six linebackers, and both Andre Smith and Tyrell Dotson are part of the mix. I thought the Bills would say goodbye to one of those two players, but I think the Bam Johnson trade was actually a good thing for these linebackers because I think it enabled them to keep both Dotson and Smith. And so for now, the Bills have six linebackers and, you know, there's a fairly decent chance that they all dress on game day because you have three guys here that are core special teamers and Medicavich, Smith and Dotson at cornerback. The Bills are only keeping five Dane Jackson, Teron Johnson, Saran Neal, Levi Wallace and Tredavious White. They cut Rashad Wildgoose, Nick McLeod, Elijah Griffin and Cam Lewis. And the interesting thing here is the fact that between Johnson, Wallace and Jackson, they're all banged up and they still chose to only keep five cornerbacks, which is kind of crazy when you pretty much always have three of them on the field. And so I thought between Cam Lewis and Rashad Wildgoose, that one of the two of them would make the team. Now, the fact that there is 16 man practice squads and you could protect four players every week and you could call guys up to the active roster you know i think that's something that the bills are counting on when it comes to cornerback depth but these guys still have to clear waivers and wild goose was a six round pick and cam lewis you know is a guy that's been around for a little bit so they must have had some confidence that these guys would clear and they can get them back on the practice squad But uh, the Bills choosing to go with only five corners to start the season when three of them are banged up is something to uh, note and be mindful of. At safety, the Bills are keeping four of those, DeMar Hamlin, Micah Hyde, Jaquan Johnson, and Jordan Poyer. They cut Josh Thomas, and I'll be honest with you, I thought Josh Thomas outplayed DeMar Hamlin in the preseason. DeMar Hamlin had significant issues with missed tackles. He missed 36% of his tackle attempts in preseason. And I thought that Josh Thomas, having been in the system for a year, could give him a real shot at this thing. But the Bills keep Demar Hamlin on the active roster, and I think his contract probably is something that affected that decision where you don't want to lose that rookie contract for the next four seasons by cutting him. And so I understand it from that perspective, but I do think that if you strip away the non-football stuff and make it just about football – Josh Thomas was better than DeMar Hamlin in the preseason. I certainly hope that the Bills can get Thomas back on the practice squad and keep him around because he was interesting to me based on the way he played in preseason. I loved the way he tackled. I loved his downhill trigger and physicality and those types of things, and he's a good player at Appalachian State. So he's a guy that I'm interested in, and I hope he sticks around. When it comes to specialists, the Bills are only keeping two, and that tells you everything you need to know when I tell you that the roster is not finalized the Bills don't have a long snapper technically right now that's going to change so Tyler Bass the kicker Matt Hawk the punter and Reed Ferguson was cut but it's definitely a situation where he's going to be back as the team's long snapper Uh, I know he just signed an extension but the way that it was structured it was only three hundred thousand dollars in dead cap for the Bills to accumulate if they were to cut Reed Ferguson and so They're going to re-sign him to that contract, I'm sure, and that's going to give them the opportunity to put a player like Harrison Phillips or Tommy Sweeney or Isaiah McKenzie on injured reserve and bring Reed Ferguson back to the mix. I have no doubt in my mind that at some point on Wednesday, you will find out that the Bills signed Reed Ferguson. Does this sound familiar? That means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part, there's no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. Did you know that Built Bar has so many delicious flavors there's something for everyone? They've got coconut, salted caramel, strawberry, orange, cookies and cream, double chocolate, mint brownie, raspberry, cherry, so many great flavors. And look, maybe you don't know where to start. Get yourself a mixed box. That's where you can get two of each of the nine flavors. Try them all and figure out which ones are your favorites. My favorites right now are orange, cookies and cream, and raspberry. I have all three of those in my pantry right now. And not only are Bilt Bars the best-tasting protein bars on the planet, they're healthy too. Check out these macros. 17 to 18 grams of protein. Calories range from 130 to 180. Only 4 to 5 grams of sugar and only 4 to 5 grams of net carbs. The flavors are amazing. They're all tasty and they're all healthy. I have a deal for you. Go to builtbars.com, use our promo code LOCKED15, and you'll get 15% off your next order. Again, that's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off. At builtbar.com. So, the last thing to get into today is the most recent stadium news. And of course, this comes courtesy of John Walro of the Associated Press, who has done a bunch of work here to get us some new information on the Bills' new stadium. And so, here's what John Walro has uncovered for us the stadium will seat 60,000 people. And that was a big controversial item because the current stadium is at 72,000. So you're talking about a decrease of 12,000 seats. And I saw a lot of chatter about this on social media when the news came through and I understand it. I mean, the bills just had a preseason game and they had 50,000 in attendance. So you're telling me a full capacity stadium only at 60,000. It'd be the smallest venue in the NFL. And so I don't know if they're factoring in some trends and expecting decreased attendance and they're looking at different data points that we don't know, but um, there's a reason they did this. And I don't think that Terry and Kim Pagula are just going to choose to chop out 12,000 seats because they want to sell 12,000 less tickets to every home game. I don't think that's the case. There's a reason for this market trend, stuff that we probably don't know. But there's definitely a shock factor that comes when you see it's a 60,000-seat stadium and it's currently at 72,000. And I'll tell you this, I mean, we all know it. Buffalo's a small market team. It's the second smallest market in the NFL, behind Green Bay. But man, Western New York loves the Buffalo Bills. And if you keep on winning, you're going to fill that stadium up. So I know that they can't just build the stadium for the team that currently exists, right? There's other factors. The Bills are going to play well beyond Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs and Sean McDermott, right? There's going to come a day when that is not the core of this football team, and let's hope that it's another great run, right? Let's hope that it's Brett Favre to Aaron Rodgers type thing or Peyton Manning to Andrew Luck. Let's hope it's something like that, but it's still surprising to me that, they choose to chop 12,000 seats. 12,000. And, and like, I, I know I just said it, but there's no way that Terry and Kim Pagula are just going to choose to give up 12,000 seats a game. There's a reason for this number. And so I'm anxious to kind of learn more about why the decrease in seats. The next thing that we learn from John Walro is that the latest the stadium would open is 2027. And when the initial reports came out regarding the stadium, there was so much talk about the Bills could have to play a few seasons somewhere else, whether it was Toronto or Penn State. That doesn't sound like that's going to be part of this at all. John Warrow in his article said that the current lease expires in July 2023, And it would be extended until the new facility is opened should the project be approved. So I think we can put all of those fears aside and understand that the bills are going to play at Highmark Stadium as it currently exists until the new stadium is completed, which is expected to be built across the street. So no later than 2027, and the expectation is that the lease will be extended should the facility be approved. There's going to be no roof, there's no retractable roof or dome, but according to John's article, the stadium will be designed so that a majority of the seats will be protected from the elements. And so I'm guessing that's probably something like what you see in Miami, where they have those kind of overhangs over the top, but it's still open air. I'm guessing you'll see something like that in place with this new stadium, and there's no renderings at this point. I know we're all very interested in seeing what this is going to look like, but there's no renderings at this point, but we can use our imagination and understand that's probably what he means when he says a majority of the seats will be protected from the elements. The big roadblock right now is funding. Who's going to pay for it? Taxpayers, the pagoulas, probably both. What's the distribution? And so that's the current roadblock. And if they get that approved and they get the funding sorted out, I think this will start to move pretty quickly. Now, one thing that we have to keep in mind with this entire situation is the, uh, the governor situation in New York State and the, uh, the new governor, Kathy Hochul, uh, her office released a statement on Monday to the Associated Press, which reads, no one is more committed to keeping the Bills in Buffalo than Governor Kathy Hochul, a longtime Buffalo Bills fan. Negotiations are ongoing and her administration looks forward to sharing the details with the public as soon as negotiations are completed. And so that was encouraging news. I wasn't super familiar with uh, Kathy Hochul and you know if she was a Bills fan or not or what those dynamics were, but I'm guessing regardless if she's a Bills fan or not, New York State isn't interested in the only football team that they have moving away. To somewhere else. I mean, that's crazy. The Jets and Giants are not New York state franchises. The Bills, that's it. One team in the state of New York. They're not going to let that slip away. And so I was encouraged to, uh, to see that statement at least. All right, folks, that's going to do it for us here today on the podcast. Still two more podcasts coming your way this week. We're going to get to herd mentality at some point on Thursday or Friday. And I have a fun superlative idea that I have planned for the other day. I know the Bills also have an open practice coming up. We're expected to hear from Brandon Bean on Wednesday. So a lot to talk about to close out the week here on the podcast. So make sure that you're subscribed and don't miss anything. Would love it if you took a second to rate and review the podcast. Hope you have a great rest of your day. And I look forward to catching up with you again tomorrow.